All right, so uh, today we're talking about avoiding burnout in leadership. And every believer is called to leadership. They're called to make disciples. In order to make disciples, they have to discipline themselves after the Lord and teach that discipline towards Christ to others. That's leadership. It's straight leadership. So every believer is called to discipleship and therefore leadership. But along the way, there's many believers, there's very few that I see, don't face burnout. Most people at some point face burnout. Most of the time it's because of decisions that we make or things that we don't know. We're going to discuss those things and you're going to see how to avoid those things today. And uh, one of the things that uh, you'll see is that uh, as we talk about ways to avoid burnout, we're going to start with this first one. And the first one is to keep the anointing fresh and flowing mm-hmm. to keep the anointing fresh and flowing. And do you have those verses up? I, w- I, I want do. you to see this: Second Timothy two fifteen and First Timothy four sixteen. Second Timothy two fifteen and First Timothy four sixteen. Go ahead. So Second Timothy two fifteen says, "Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth." Amen. So in the King James, this is where it says, study to show thyself approved. Now, if you understand, Timothy is a pastor. Timothy is a pastor. And basically, the Holy Spirit through Paul was telling Timothy, Timothy, you need to work on yourself. You need to present yourself. You need to present yourself approved to God. Study to show yourself approved to God. A workman who doesn't need to be ashamed. So in other words, you're doing things right. You don't have to walk in shame. And you accurately handle the word of God. But basically what he's telling Timothy is, Timothy, even though you're a pastor, your first work is not all the people. Mm -hmm. Your first work, Timothy, is you. Yes. Right? And we have to understand, and put this in the comments, our first work is ourself. Amen. Our first work is ourself. Because, think about this, if I'm going to raise up disciples, you can't impart who you aren't. Yes. So if you're not disciplined, you can't make disciplined people. If you're not a disciple yourself and worked on you, it's hard to make other people disciples, right? You impart who you are. So if you are not fixed, then it's going to be hard to impart. Now, praise God he's merciful because he doesn't tell us you have to be perfect before you can do anything. Right. What happens is, if you can imagine when we're born again, we start on a ladder and, you know, we're at level one when we get born again, right? And we grow in our learning, we study the Word of God, and we grow to level two. Well, now I can disciple people that are level one. The Lord will provide opportunities to do that. I don't have to get to 10, the top of the scale, before I start discipling the first thing. Praise God. Praise God. (laughs) Yeah, for every, all of us, right? So, in other words, as we grow, we can disciple those things that we that we've gotten revelation on, and we are disciplining in our lives properly. Right. So, but the first work is ourself. If you don't grow, then you're never going to follow the command of your Lord, which is to make disciples. Right. You're not going to follow. That's part of the Great Commission. You know, go into all the world, preach the gospel. It says, make disciples. Right. 
in this great commission, we go and make disciples of all nations. So this is something that we need to work on. But understand, most people, they just want to be above somebody else. Yes. Because that adds value. Listen, you were valuable when Jesus died for you. He set the price. The payer sets the value. Put that in the comments. The payer, the buyer, sets the value. Because something is only as valuable as what somebody else will buy it for. Mm -hmm. So the buyer sets the value. Now, this, this becomes very, very important to us because if our value is set by our level, then we just want to be a higher level and we kind of want to, we'll try to make that happen when it's not actually God yet to make yeah. that happen. We don't want to be in that place. We actually want to receive our value from the price that Jesus bought our lives with. We receive our value from that. And then everything else that we do beyond that is just simply giving love to God. We're loving on the Lord. We're, we love him. We're discipling ourselves because we love him. We're making disciples because we love him. Our, put it in the comments one more time. Our first, our first work is ourselves. Yes. Our first work is ourselves. We've got to get that in our heads or else. Now think about this. The reverse of that is if I don't work on myself and then I go to try and disciple something, right? Then I'm going to be forcing something that I don't have. I'm going to burn myself out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to burn myself out. Look at the second verse, uh, 1 Timothy 4.16, and then we'll talk a little bit more about this. It says, pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Persevere in all these things or in these things. For as you do this, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and for those who hear you. So now look at the end of this verse. You will ensure salvation for you and for the ones who hear you mm -hmm. when you do what? Pay attention to yourself. Yep. Right? When you pay attention to yourself. There's another thing that happens that's tied in with Romans 12, 1 and 2. When you give yourself and you work on yourself and give yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, and don't be conformed or molded into this world, yeah. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the word. When you work on yourself first, Romans 12, 2 says, you then prove to other people yeah. that God's will is good and acceptable and perfect. So this falls into line. If we want to avoid burnout, we want to do it the easiest way that the Lord has led as possible, right? Not just the easiest way, but the easiest way he's led us to do it. This is a leading of God. Work on yourself, then you'll help the people around you and they'll see you and want what you're walking through yes. because of what they see in your life. Yes. And instead of you like trying to track somebody down and get them to eat what you're selling, right. basically they'll they'll be looking out for you. They're looking for you because your life is proving these things out. Yeah. Right? You People can tell when something's fake. Yes. They yeah. can tell when we're just saying something because we have head knowledge versus it's alive inside of Correct. us. Correct. There's a different heart that's connected to it. And we're responsible to develop people as best we can. So yes. it's not just about 
numbers. It's about the quality of what we're producing. Yes. So if I'm supposed to be making disciples, I need to make disciples that are going to stick it out for the long haul. Yes. I need to impart. And as you, it's one of my favorite things that you've ever ministered. You can't impart what you're not. Yes. So I yeah. can impart the theory of God all day long. Right. But is it going to hit home the way it should? If I'm not yeah. living it out, correct. Like, is it going to pierce through? You see, the words a is a sword, and it's supposed to pierce through. Yeah. But if I don't have the power behind what I'm wielding, it's not going to have the strength to pierce into the heart the way that it should. And I know this not just. In what I'm saying, I've lived this out. I tried to make disciples for years based on theory and teaching people what the word said, but I wasn't doing it fully. And as in the last four, four to five years, as I've made decisions for the Lord differently with the resolve in it, my ability to make disciples and quality disciples yes. has increased, not by my doing. But by God transforming me as I've given myself to him more and more. Because it's not nothing supposed to be our strength. It's all supposed to be done by his strength. Yes. And he can't do it through me until I work on myself and give myself to him fully. Yeah, that's right. Look at this verse, and I want you to think about this. Because what we're talking about is avoiding burnout. In order to avoid burnout... We've got to have his power working through us, not working on our own power. And what he's telling us is, if you'll work on yourself, then you will be empowered and it'll actually make the work that I've called you to do easy and light. Yes. Right. Think about this. What would happen... What would happen if God showed up like right now in the room that you're in or the car that you're wherever you are? He showed up in power. What would happen? Everything falls out. Oh, everything's done. <laughs> like we're stopping what we're doing mm -hmm. and we're going to be paying attention to him. And how much power is that? Well, All I mean, power. <laughs> yeah, think about that. All right. So think about this. You know, he, he speaks. Let there be light. One of the things that comes out of that is our son, mm -hmm. right? 4.3 million atomic bombs per second just because he spoke some words. And that's one star out of yeah. billions times billions of stars. Mm -hmm. That's one, yeah. right? So how powerful is he, right? And if he showed up in all of his power, we would just be blown away. Mm -hmm. We not the, Everything else would cease, right? Yeah. Now look at this in Second Chronicles 16.9. And, and I'll read it out of the King James. It says, for the eyes of the Lord... Right now, I want you to hear this because this is not a promise just to pastors. Right. This is a promise to every person. Yes. Every person that will grab a hold of this. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him or pure towards him. Mm -hmm. His eyes are looking for someone whose heart is pure towards God so that he can show up in power yes. in their lives. What does that mean that he wants to do in every one of us? 
He wants to show up in power in your life and my life and your life and every other believer's life. See, we've played down. We really haven't seen this. We've not meditated on this. We don't really realize what this means. We're talking about supernatural, miracle, resurrection power, creating the universe type power all inside of you. Inside of you. And so we have this idea that it's going to be a struggle and it's going to be hard. Not if you'll do it God's way. And when you work on yourself and you get your heart pure towards him, he'll start showing up in power in your life. And then people have this idea, well, nobody will pay attention to me. If God shows up in power in your life, they will pay attention to you. Yes, They will pay attention to you. And the issue is we don't believe that. We don't know that to be so. We don't believe it to be true. But it is true. Yeah, It is true. And that's what God wants. He's not withholding his power from your life. He's actually longing to get his power. He's looking for people that can do that. What's the verse? I'm not remembering the reference right this second. The verse that talks about even the heathens will proclaim that he's God. Basically, because of God moving in our lives, the heathens will proclaim that God is good. It's it's Psalms. It's either Psalms two, I think, or Psalms uh, one twenty six. See, God's power is not limited to the church. Like it's not. God does signs and wonders, yes, for His children because He loves us. But His signs and His wonders are evidence that He loves the world. Yeah. He has yeah. reconciled the world to Himself, so He blesses us so that we're blessed to then be a blessing to others yeah. that the testimony of how powerful he is goes into the world yes that heathen the people who don't know god are forced to respond to it you see all th- we see all through the book of acts as the disciples went about in power in demonstration in god in him we live and move and find our being as they did mighty works the world had to react to it because they were consistently faced with his power and his goodness because they lived it out. It wasn't yeah. a theory for the disciples. It yeah. was life. Yeah. It was who they were. It was, it was actually both what I said, Psalm 126, Yay. verse 2. So <laughs> it was the number. But uh, it says the heathen will say, the Lord has done great things for them. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's what, that's what God wants to happen. He literally wants to be, have you walking in so much of his power. Now, you can't do it by yourself. But with him, you can walk these things out. Walking in so much power, walking in so much power that even the unbelievers are like, oh, my goodness. God is good. The Lord's done great things for them. You see that with the Queen of Sheba. Yes. When she goes and sees all that King Solomon had. And she is like life leaves her. And she falls out under the glory. That's right. And so... You know, you have to believe that the, that the Lord wants to do this. So, so all of these things have been in the Bible and promised for for millennia. Yes. Right. But who's operated in it? Because it's not. Think about this. The Lord's not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly. But if people don't walk uprightly, those things are going to be withheld. You understand? So walking uprightly is putting faith 
on these promises. Mm -hmm. So you can't just sit back and say, Lord, if you want to zap me, zap me. That's not faith. Right? No, I see your promise. I see you want to show yourself strong on my behalf. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, I believe that you're going to show up strong on my behalf. And it starts right now Amen. in the name of Jesus. I believe because you're saying, Amen. I believe the things of God. I believe that yes. these great big things are going to happen. Yes. And so when you believe that way, now you're walking uprightly because you're operating in faith based off of the word. I don't I don't know um I don't know if we have this or not, but we just put a small uh, short out on YouTube and I think it'll be on a reel later. I saw it this morning. I, I really really like it because I what I said in it was is, is that Peter's sitting there and and they're saying, "Lord, don't you see the wind and the waves?" And I feel like Jesus would have answered them and said, don't you see my word? Yeah. Right? Forget about the wind and the waves. My word is stronger yeah. and bigger and higher than all the wind and the waves. Do you see my word? Yeah. And see, the issue is we'll read that and be like, oh, that's really nice. Those are great, you know, philosophical thoughts. Mm -hmm. And maybe, praise God, somebody else walked in it. No, God wants you to walk yes. in it. When is your spirit? You And your spirit wants to do it. If you're born again, your spirit. Spirit wants to do this all the time. But when are you going to allow your spirit man to take control? Yeah. When are you going to allow your spirit man to put down the flesh and say, I have a right to that and by faith I believe in that and walk those promises out? Yes. See, we've got to let our spirit that's born again take over Amen. and take control and stop letting our flesh man and our lowly esteem and lowly thinking uh, keep us away from the promises of God. When are we going to allow that to happen? It's time now. Put it it's right now. Put it in the comments. It's time now for my born again, For or you can say it this way. It's time now for my righteous spirit to take over. Amen. It's time now for my righteous spirit to take over this corrupted flesh and live in the power of God. If you believe that, pray that, speak that. It's time now. It's time it's now. Not, it's not time tomorrow, next month, 20 years. It's not time. It's not even time after you went through Bible school. Bible school's great, but it's time now because you're a believer now, right? Let the power of God flow through you. St stop restricting yourself because the flesh and a corrupted world's taught you uh, you'll never walk in that that's not true that's not what the bible says yeah it's not what the bible says it's not it's time yeah. for us to know who god said that we yes. are and believe it it's not enough to know it in head knowledge we start to walk in power when we recognize yes. this is who god's called me to be and as pastor was just ministering the lord i believe the lord brought up to me that there are people watching that you've heard god say this is who you're called to be and you've shrunk back from it out of fear yes. and you've restricted yourself held yourself back because the thought of i can't do this you're right you can't on your own god made up the difference by filling you with your with the holy spirit and yeah. through him you can become all that god's called you to be let today be the day yes. that he removes all of the blinders that's yes. held back his promises in your life let yes. today be the day in the name of jesus that the anointing shatters the bondage over people's minds.
lines over yes, their sight yes. of themselves in the name. Break the back of that now and let the fresh revelation of who we are in Christ fill us from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. My body is yours. My thinking is yours. Yes. My life is yours. I belong to you, Jesus, and I no longer hold myself on the bench. You're calling me into the yes. game. I'm going in full force and I will not be denied what you've called me to have in the Amen. name of Jesus. Amen. I want to say this. So see, it's time for you to allow God to flow through you the way that he's designed. Mm-hmm. I want to give you this disclaimer because some people will hear a message like this and then on Sunday morning, like, man, that pastor's not, he's not preaching enough anointing. I got to let that anointing go through me. And they'll stand up, try to give a word and everything, and they step right out or out of place. You, in the places where you have authority, yes. that's where you release this. Yes. You release it in the places where you have authority. First, in yourself. Second, in your home. Yes. Third, in any places, if you're leading children's ministry, then you don't have to be like, you know, attack the kids with tongues. <laughs> you, ah, nah, nah, nah. you know, like you don't have to do that. But you believe when I pray in the name of Jesus, power will be released yes. here. And uh, I don't have to be super weird over it. I'm, but power is going to let loose because God's looking to do that. You know, don't, don't attack the kids in children's ministry. Okay. Okay. Don't do yeah. it when you walk into Walmart yeah. either. Like that's yeah. no, not the that's, time. No, that's that's to... the wrong place. That's wrong. You don't have authority there in that way. I've got right. the intercom, brother. <laughs> yeah, it's not that's the not... time. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So be mindful. <laughs> Because people think, they think, man, I, I can go do where, whatever I want to, whenever I want to. No, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Start applying it where you have authority and God will open up more places of authority. Mm-hmm. Listen, apply the things of God where you have authority and God will open up more places of authority. Yeah. I can promise you that's how it works. Yeah. All right. Good. Hmm. <laughs> so, one of you know, if you're going to avoid burnout in ministry, you must you must keep the anointing uh, keep the anointing fresh and flowing. And the way to keep the anointing fresh and flowing, first of all, is work on yourself. Yes. Move in faith. Study the word, study to show yourself approved, renew your mind, and you will start to prove the will of God and the power of God in this world. Amen. Right? This is all scripture. The second thing is stay in intimate fellowship. Mm-hmm. Stay in intimate fellowship. Now, we talked just last week about what that intimate fellowship uh, basically entailed. We talked about uh, being in fellowship with God. And that was spirit-led prayer, spirit-led word, and spirit-led worship. And then corporate worship, and all of that is mixed in with being baptized in the Holy Ghost. This is where you want to stay. You're in intimate fellowship with God. Many times, if you can be in prayer and the word, but not in worship, and you're going to be lacking. You can be in worship and prayer, but not under the word, and you're going to be lacking. You can be in the worship and the word. 
word, but not praying, you're going to be lacking. You can be doing all of those things, but not going to church, you're going to be lacking. You can be doing all of those things, but not have the flow of the Holy Ghost by the baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and you're going to be lacking. Yeah. You need all five of those things to keep that fellowship properly. And then, now watch this, if you're going to avoid burnout, you need the supply of God. The supply of God is found in fellowship with him, in intimate fellowship with him. Of course, many of you know John 3.16, the end goal of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed on him shall not perish but have eternal life or everlasting life. And then John 17.3 says, here's what eternal life is. Eternal life was the end goal. Eternal life was the end goal that Jesus came to the earth and died for. He wanted to get eternal life to you. And then John 17.3 says, this is eternal life that you would know him, the Father and the Son. In other words, you would have an intimate knowing of him. It's intimate fellowship. Yeah. That's what that is. Yeah. Literally, our, Jesus was the doorway to us being connected with the Father and the Son and never have to have that fellowship broken. Never. And because we're connected with him in his presence is fullness yeah. of joy. Right? And that fullness of joy means I don't have any problems because everything in his presence gets solved. Yeah. So you start to see that the fullness of life and the answer to everything that we need is found in him. And that's exactly what you see in Acts 17, 28. In the King James, it says, for in him, in him, in that intimate fellowship, in, in that time with the Lord and that connection with God, we live and move and have our being. If we don't want to get burned out, we got to stay connected to the supply. Yeah. I told this uh, last week, I was sitting there, and I was like, Lord, something's off. Something's wrong. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, yeah. He said, you're in prayer all the time. You're in the word all the time. You're meditating on the word. You're studying the word. He said, but you've kind of slacked off in worship, personal worship, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I have done that. He said, and, and I thought, I thought now it's an interesting thing. When you stop doing something, you don't feel like doing it anymore. Yeah. Like it's not, you don't stop just because you don't feel like it anymore. But when you stop, it stops the feeding part of that. It yeah. stops your desire. And so when, even when he said that to me, I was like, I don't really feel like worshiping. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't really feel like worshiping right now. I'm a pastor. Been a pastor for a long time now. And I didn't feel like worshiping. That's a bad place. It's not, I mean, it's not the end of the world, but it's a bad place. I shouldn't be having that thought. Yeah. How did I get there? Because I stopped worshiping in the first place. Yeah. Right? And I said, I don't even feel like, I said, but you know what I'm going to do? You're going to have to suck it up, flesh. You're going to have to, uh, we're worshiping. Yeah. I don't care what you feel like, flesh. We worshiping right now. And I went, I found a song that moves me. I put it on. I started playing it. Instantly, it's like my, my uh, fellowship tank filled up, right? I was like, oh, this is nice. Hey, this is nice. <laughs> like, I like this. I was like, man, that's what I've been missing. Yeah. Why? And so I was actually on the way to getting burnt out because I wasn't staying in him properly. Yeah. Right? We need those ingredients. We need to be filled with the Spirit in intimate fellowship in Spirit-led Word, prayer, 
and worship and corporate worship. If we don't have all five of those things, it's not going to flow and function properly. Yes. Right? And this is, this is what we need to understand. And we need to stay in those places. Because when we get to that place of fellowship with him in the right way, when we get to that place in the right way, for in him we live. Yeah. And what does that living mean? You, you tell me. <laughs> When he says in him we live, what's he talking about? There's no lack. There's nothing dark. There's there's no curse. There's no pain. There's yeah. full power. There's full joy. You yeah. know, Jesus paid for us to have full joy, that our joy would be made full. Yes. So we have access to the throne room. Yes. We have access to the presence of God. If we're living, that means that when we're speaking, our words carry the same weight and authority that Jesus's did. Yes. That we can send a word and it heals someone across the country, across the world. It means that we're operating in the greater works that Jesus yeah. talked about us being able yeah. to operate in. If the, nothing's The missing. Zoe life of God. Life yeah. to the full in every area of life. Every area. Every area of life. Put this in the comments. Put Zoe life, Z-O-E, Zoe life is full life in every area of life. Yeah. Right? That's what it is. And he says, in him, you'll have fullness in every area of your life. Yes. Every area. Yes. What's an area that you wanted fullness in before where you were in lack? Marriage. In marriage. You'll have the fullness. See, in him, your marriage will be full. Yes. Right? What's another area? Uh, prayer. Prayer. In him, your prayer life will be full. Mm-hmm. Your family life will be full. Your, your being a parent will yeah. be full. Your finances will be full. Your health will be full. Your peace yes. will be full. In him, the, you can have the fullness of life in everywhere, in every place. Where? In him. Put it in the comments right now, all caps, with an exclamation point. Where can we find this fullness of life? In him. Yes. In intimate fellowship with him. Many people are getting burnt out because they're not staying in him. They don't have the fullness and the supply that they need because they're not staying in him. Of course, the rest of the verse says, not only in him do we have life, but we have, we we move. Mm -hmm. We live and Move. move. We have motion in him, right? And so what that means, I love this. This is one of my favorite parts of it because I run into people all the time like, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. See, a lot of times when we don't know what to do, the reason we don't know what to do is because we've not been in him. Yep. If we get in him, we'll know where we'll know where to go. We'll know where to go. Yeah. We'll know how to get there. Yeah. And it could just be taking the first steps. We will know how to avoid the pitfalls and the traps and we'll be empowered to make the move. Honestly, like I'm just now putting words to it, yeah. but being in him erases worry like if the people Correct. who are consistent and i know yes. that that's a duh yeah. but truly the people who are constantly asking and fretting yes. and wanting information and wanting it right now and what do i do yes. and how do i handle yes. this and constantly thinking that way there's no fellowship or if yeah. there is it's very small because god does not withhold himself from those who Correct. walk uprightly yes. so if we're in fellowship we will have the answers that we need yes. when we need them and if we don't have an answer yet that means we don't need to move yet yeah it it causes the 
ease to be there. The easy yes. life that Jesus talks about, it's in fellowship. And that's why believers haven't always had easy and light. They haven't had fellowship. Correct. It gets hard and heavy when there's no fellowship. But in fellowship, easy and light. Yeah, literally, Acts 17, 28 covers the gamut of your whole life. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it literally covers anything that you would ever need and basically shows you that that's all found one place, in Him. Yes. Right, in Him. And, and so when you need, for example, when you need wisdom on how to lead people, mm -hmm. right, where is it found? In him. in him. When you need strength because they're calling at the wrong time of your life, where's the strength found? In him. In him. When you need to know what to tell them or you need to know what's the next move for this organization to go higher. And it could be a church. It could be your workplace. And when you need to know where to move, where's that found? It's in him. In him. When you need to know how to avoid the pitfalls on getting to that goal, where's that found? In, in him. him. When you need the strength to move there, where's it found? In him. So see, in him, we're avoiding burnout. Yes. We're avoiding the weight and the pressure in him. We've got to we've got to find that resting place and relax yes. in him. We've got to find that place and relax in him. Yes. And know that in him those answers are there. See, I can how many times have you seen me do this? Pastor, we need to have an answer to this. I'm like, yeah, that's great. And and I was like, the Lord will show us what to do. You know, and then and at that moment, I don't have an answer. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many times? I mean, you don't know the exact number, I know, but many, lots, many, many. many. And then before we <laughs> need it, before it, it yes. needs to have an answer, yep. the Lord will say, hey, here's what you want, what you need to do. Yes. I cannot tell you how many times that's happened. Yes. It happens all the time. Why? Because I know in him is all my answers. I just stay in him. And when I need it, it'll be there. Well, it's like it will be there. Jesus and the adulterous woman. Yep. He didn't need logic. He didn't need to get a good idea. He needed God to Correct. speak to him. Yeah. And all he did was wait. Yes. That's him drawing in the sand. He's waiting on God. He needed to be yes. in God to get a word. Because this is an emergency. Yes. This is life and death. Yes. See, a lot of us, we've had like these thoughts of, well, what what's going to happen if it's down to the wire? And I really need to know something. And I've just got to make it happen on my own. Jesus didn't make it happen yeah, with no. this woman. He waited. Yeah. And God knows when we need something and when we don't. And he's loud enough to speak our language. He knows how to communicate with us. He knows more about what you need than you know what you yes. than you know about what you need. And and he loves you yes. on a level even beyond your own love for yourself, right? He he's actually loves you completely yeah. versus us we love parts of ourselves, right? And it's like he's longing to get his good stuff to you. If you need an answer, one he knows about it, two he wants to get it to you, and if you'll rest in him, you'll get it right when you need it. Yes. And if he hasn't given an answer, it's because you didn't need it yet. Yes. You didn't need it. Now, the question is, are you ready and available for an answer, which means giving him your whole heart? A lot of times people just want one answer, mm -hmm. and they don't want the other answer, which means they are not approaching God with their whole heart, and, they, and that's not the person that's going to hear clearly. Yeah.
right? So in him, this is how you avoid burnout. This is how you can rest in him. This is how you can you cannot carry the weight, right? In him, we live and move and have our being. Mm-hmm. Have our being. That means literally what we need to come into being will come into being. Right? We have everything to be that we need to be, mm-hmm. right? Miracles. We have the supernatural. We have the power of God. In Him, we live yeah. and move and have our being. I need something to, to manifest and come to pass. Then where do I find that? In Him. Yeah. You should be shouting it. Where do I find it? In Him. In Him. Yes. In Him. Even if you're not shouting it out loud, it should be shouting on the inside. In Him. Yeah. Right? And then uh, in our next our next point here, remember, if we want to avoid burnout, we must keep the anointing fresh and flowing. Fresh and flowing. Yes. I'll tell you something really, really uh, funny is I just taught this uh, breakout course uh, at, at over the weekend at LEAD 23, but um, I this is point one that we're halfway through, and I taught all of it in 45 minutes. The oh, Lord is good. <laughs> I taught every bit of it in 45 minutes. We're getting into more detail here. We're breaking it down in that way. Here's point. Here's the third point of keeping the anointing fresh and flowing. This is, if you want to avoid burnout, keep the anointing fresh and flowing. Let the anointing solve the problem. Let the anointing do the work for you. And let the anointing solve the problem. Many times we are so fearful that something won't happen. We get involved when we should back up and let the anointing do that. I'm not saying we don't do anything. I'm saying don't be so quick to jump into it. Let the anointing break the yoke. It's, it is actually anointed to break the yoke, not you by yourself yeah. and not your own power. God's power through you, the anointing through you has the power to break the yoke. Yes. Your own power doesn't have the power to break the yoke. God's power through you has the power to break the yoke. And so let the anointing break the yoke. When I'm avoiding burnout and leadership, one of the things I do is I don't try to answer every question. I don't try to uh, bring the solution to every problem. I wait I wait for the Lord to show me what to do. I handle the things he tells me to do. I don't handle the things he doesn't say to do, right? In other words, he knows, I go back to this. See, when you're in real fellowship, this is why fellowship is so important. You can trust if the Lord's talking to you or not. Yes. And you can rely on that intimate fellowship. And if I've not heard from the Lord, then I don't do anything. And people can be pressuring me all day long. But I hadn't heard what to do from the Lord. I trust that fellowship. I rely on that fellowship. No, it's kind of like if we have, uh, if I, you have an emergency time, something needs to happen. And I, t- I tell you, I will, I'll tell you what to do. You, you know that I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to come back, and at the right moment, when I have the answer and the time is now, I'll tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. People could be pressuring you, pushing on you, you know, trying to get you to come up with an answer, but you would say, no, I, my job is to hear from pastor on this item, yeah. on this issue. I'm not moving until I hear from him. Yeah. We can kind of see that in a person to person, but many times we've forgotten that when it comes to us and God. No, God knows 
the situation. God knows the timing better than I do. He knows every variable and detail. I can trust him. Yes. And if he hadn't said anything, then he hasn't said anything, right? Now, the biggest the biggest issue there and disclaimer is if you're in intimate fellowship, you can trust that. But if you're being biased and prideful and not really wanting to know the answer, you can't use that. Right. Because you will miss it. You'll be sitting there and you'll be like, man, I sure do wish the Lord was talking. And you won't hear what the Lord's saying. Mm-hmm. So you got to keep your fellowship well to trust it. But when you do keep your fellowship well and you trust his leading, golly, it's like the easiest life ever. Yes. It is the easiest life ever. It really is. It truly is. It's so simple. It's I relate it to like um, an employee at a company, a manufacturing company. Like when I owned my own company, God, I had to make so many decisions. And the decisions were stressful if mm-hmm. I didn't give them to the Lord. They were stressful just to come up with that yeah. many answers every single day. Yeah. But And many times I thought, just let me go like bag groceries or something. It's like the, the groceries come down the belt. I grab it, put it in the bag, grab it, put it in the bag, grab it, put it in the bag. The only thing I got to think about is maybe keeping the cool uh, edible products together and away from the dry stuff that can crunch. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I, let, let me just have that level. But see, when you have intimate fellowship with God, Yes. It's like that. Yes. I can just flow through life and he'll tell me, hey, do this right now. Hey, give this right now. Hey, you need to receive this. Stop, listen, receive this compliment when I don't feel like receiving a compliment. You know, he'll tell you all these ins and outs and intricacies where through that fellowship with him in him. We live and move. And I can, when I have that fellowship, then I'll let the anointing flow. And instead of me reaching to handle a problem, the anointing will reach through me to handle that problem. And the anointing has the power to break it. Let the anointing handle the issue. I cannot tell you as a pastor how many times. I remember when the Lord first started doing this to me. I'm pastoring. I get a phone call. They're like, oh, my life is falling apart. Pastor, help, please. And the Lord strongly and loudly in my spirit said, do not call them. Don't call them. I thought that was my job. But see, what I was thinking was that I was their source. Mm -hmm. I'm not their source. God and his anointing is their source. He'd say, don't call them yet. Yeah. Oh, man, I'd be like, have my hand on the phone, like, uh, I'd be like, start to dial their number and hang up. You know, I was like, I was so tempted to call them because I wanted to jump in the middle and I would have gotten in the way of the anointing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I remember the first time. It happened, the feeling of it. And it was like a couple hours later, two or three hours later, I'm thinking about it the whole time. I'm like stressing over it the whole time. Like, I need to call him. I need to call him. I need to call him. You know, everything. But I knew the Lord told me not to do it. I should have relaxed. I know. I was learning. I was new. and uh, But I didn't. And I'm sitting there stressing over it the whole time. And like two to four hours later or something, I, I get a message or I get a phone call. And, and it says, hey, pastor, everything's good. It all worked out. Now, if I would have made the phone call, I'd have gotten in the middle of that yep. and wouldn't have had the solution. 
And see, when we have a word from the Lord, that means his anointing is involved in that word. And we need to honor that. Put that in the comments. When we have a word from the Lord, that means his anointing is involved in that word. Yes. And that's why we need the biggest and strongest thing that we need to do is learn how to be obedient. We need to learn how to honor God and be obedient. And then so that situation happened a, a few days later. Same thing. God, you know, Somebody calls. They need help. The Lord says, don't call them. It happened several times really quick, like in a month. And uh, don't call them. Get a phone call a few hours later. Hey, it's solved. Another time it happened. It was like, no, it's solved. And uh, sometimes it would be like this. He'd say, call them, but just pray with them. Don't give them any wisdom. I pray with them, Lord, we pray for your solution in this situation. Thank you, Lord. You are the source. Thank you for being that source. Even though I felt like I knew what they needed to do. But in that, all of a sudden, they heard from the Lord themselves. And the Lord told them what to do, what I would have told them. And now who's their source, me or God? God? God is. And so let the anointing do the work. Put it in the comments. Let the anointing do the work. Amen. Let the anointing do the work. Now, that doesn't mean be lazy when God tells you to call him. If he tells you to call him, you call him. But if he tells you not to, he's telling you not to. The anointing is involved in the word that the Lord speaks. Amen. Let it do it. So do you have anything on that? No, sir. Amen. The last thing is this. 2 Corinthians 3 4 through 6. Will you look that up? Yes, sir. 2 Corinthians 3, 4 through 6. Know this, that every person that's a believer is called to be a minister of the gospel. Every believer is called to be a minister. Every believer is called to be a servant of the gospel, a servant of Christ. Every believer Right? Every believer. So now you look at this, 2 Corinthians 3, 4 through 6. Go ahead. Such confidence we have through Christ toward God. Okay, stop right there. What do we have? Confidence. Confidence. We're not supposed to be walking around like people that don't have confidence. No. Every believer is supposed to be walking with confidence. Yes. I'm not talking about ego. I'm not talking about pride. Every believer is supposed to be walking around with confidence. Yes. Confidence. How can they be confident even if they're a bag of mess? They know him. Because they know him. Yes. And they're in him. And in him is fullness of joy. Right? In him. In his presence is fullness of joy. Yes. And when we know him, we can know that the things that we weren't confident in before, before we knew him, now we can be confident in because he loves us so much, he's not withholding any good thing. Yes. For those who walk uprightly. And every believer can walk uprightly with him. Yes. So I'm confident. I'm not worried about if it won't work out. It will work out. See, I've been thinking this the whole broadcast And I think this is a point to point out. You brought to me this, this years ago and told me that my first ministry is to myself. That's what you opened this broadcast with is our first ministry is to ourselves before we can impart to others. We've got to receive him first. Yeah. This has to be the first thing we do. Yeah. Like it's not a recommendation yes. that we do this yes. first. It's a necessity that we get into him before yes. we do 
anything else because it will not work appropriately Correct. without fellowship. Yes. It, nothing works without being in him. Yes. Nothing works well until I am found in him. Before yes. I can do my job, I've got to get in him. The days yes. when I'm in him, it's peaceful. It's light. It's fun. When I'm That's out right. of him, it's hard. It's heavy because the grace is not there. When I'm not in him, I don't have confidence. I'm weak. I'm timid. I'm, I'm reserved. When I'm confidently in him, it shows every aspect of life, every dream that we have. And I know that there are people watching that God has placed dreams on the inside of you. And you know that God's calling you to do something big for him in his kingdom before that can happen this has to be established God will not allow us to blow up he won't place more in our hands than what we can handle so before we do the next thing this has to be first yes. take it from yes. someone who tried to lead so many things and do so many things none yes. of it worked until I got in him and then it all worked this is not Number one, yes. being in him. And so as we're in him, those things simplify. Yes. And because they simplify and we have a power source that we're connected to, we're confident. You know, besides a light bulb going out, how confident are we when we flip the switch? Very. Very confident it's going to come on. Why? Because we're confident there's power at the wall, you know, at least in America, right? And um, it, we're confident that there's power in the wall. We're confident that it's wired correctly. And so a lot of times we have more faith in a light and a light switch and the power company than we do in God. Yeah. We're supposed to be walking with confidence. We have more confidence in a chair than we do the creator of the universe because we'll just plop down in a chair. Man, if that thing's not put together right, you know, what's going to happen? We have more confidence there. Well, shouldn't we be, ask yourself this question, shouldn't we be more confident in the creator of the universe than anything we see with our eyes? Yes. Shouldn't that be the case? Yes. Especially for believers, quote unquote, believe. Verse, right? Shouldn't we be more confident? So he says, such confidence we have. This is the Holy Ghost talking through him. This is the Holy Spirit talking through Paul. Such confidence we have. Mm -hmm. We have. Paul's speaking by the Holy Spirit. This is the right way to be, is walking in that confidence. That confidence doesn't come in yourself. It comes in God. Yes. Right? And now watch this. And remember where we start where we started this, every believer is a minister, a servant of God. All right, keep reading. Start start again at the beginning. Yes, sir. So 2 Corinthians 3, 4 says, such confidence we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. 
So the Holy Spirit says right here, you're not adequate in yourself, but you are adequate as a minister in God. Yes. The King James says you're able. I I love combining the two. You are able and adequate as a minister of God. Put it in the comments right now. I am able and adequate through God as a minister of the gospel. I'm able and adequate through God. I'm able and adequate. You know, and every time your brain tries to tell you you're not, you remember this verse. I am able and adequate. Amen. Now, uh, when we first started the church, the Lord told us to start the church. It was so clear. He marked it. He had it confirmed. And we start boomerang and uh, in the living room of our house. Now it's grown and, you know, we're doing a lot of good stuff. But I want you to see this. So here we are. We're, we're in our house and we're getting ready to start a church. Well, I've not gone through Bible school officially. I've not gone through any formal Bible school. I've listened to a lot of stuff and everything. And I, I brought it up to the Lord. I said, Lord, I said, I've not been to Bible school. He was like, I don't care. Yeah. I was like, well, people might care. He's like, that doesn't matter. And I, I went, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. He didn't, and here's why, because he had maybe made me able and adequate. Now watch, I want you to see, it wasn't that I hadn't studied. I had worked on myself a lot yes. before this, a lot before this. I knew the Lord was preparing me for ministry, and everything he brought up, I went to work on, and I sought to fix by his power to get fixed. So I've been doing this for years at this point. Matter of fact, for about 10 years as an adult, I'd been actively cleaning up my life, uh, repenting, changing things, very, very, very actively changing. So it's not that I hadn't worked on myself. But in that process of humbling myself to the Lord, I had, at one point in, in my job, I was driving somewhere between two to six hours every single day. That whole period of time, two to six hours a day, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, listening to faith-filled messages, uh, studying the Word. I'm listening to the Bible. I listen to it over and over again, going down the road. Yeah. And that was my Bible school. It wasn't formal. It wasn't official, but it was there. And and now, you don't want the person who goes, no, listen, I have studied myself. I don't need to go to Bible school. That's the wrong attitude. My attitude was, I haven't gone to Bible school like i you know, do I need to everything? He said, you don't need to. He said, now watch this. He said, if you will, this won't work for everybody because they have the wrong heart. This won't work for everybody, but it worked for me because my heart was right on You had a word. I had a word and my heart was right on And he said, if you will stay unbiased, I will teach you and train you and show you what to do. So okay, that's and once I had that word and I knew it was him and I got confirmation on it, then I, I knew I was good. And he did. He would show me. So here we are starting this church. And I thought, Lord, I'm not going to Bible school. What am I going to preach and everything? And this is what he said to me. He said, don't worry. You got more in you than you know. There's more inside of you than you know. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I believe you and I trust you, but I don't really know what you're talking about. And uh, but what I saw was this verse 
I've made you able and adequate as a minister, right? And what I didn't know, the Holy Spirit brought to me. I trusted that if I ever came across a place, because of 1 Corinthians 10, 13, you will never face a place where it's bigger than you and God. Yeah. You'll never face a place that's bigger than you and God. And I knew if I faced a place, he would provide the thing that I needed. He's always leading me to travel. I just got taken by the hand. I knew he would. And now I found that to be so. Even when I didn't know something, I'm expecting, Lord, what did you want me to know? Because I don't know what to do here. You obviously are going to have to help me. So I I expect you to come through and give me this answer every time. Listen, never has there not been a time. Every time I needed something, I had it in the Lord. Every time. Every time. And so, but he said, you know more than you think you know. He had made me able and adequate. And when I started preaching, I mean, when I started preaching, there were scriptures coming out of me and points and and stuff. And I'm like, where is this coming from? It was in me. He had made me all those years of praying and seeking the Lord and listening to preaching and teaching. He had deposited things that just started coming out of me. I'm watching that in you guys now. You're here. You're hearing the word all the time. And you'll get and you'll start talking to somebody. And all of a sudden, a scripture will come up. You hadn't thought about that scripture in a year. It'll come up and there'll be the answer, right? He's made you able and adequate. And even if you don't know something, he'll give you that thing. Now, you don't want to be in presumption and be doing something God didn't tell you to do. But if you're doing something God told you to do, he's made you able and adequate. The Holy Ghost will bring you your supply. You will have what you need. If it's not already in you, he'll speak it to you. I had multiple times where I said something and I didn't even know it was scripture, but the Holy Spirit brought it out in supernatural wisdom. Find out later that's scripture. Mm-hmm. But a couple of examples of that. When, uh, when before we even moved to Albemarle, and I'm seeking the Lord on this move, right? In him, we had stayed in him. You will move. Well, I knew we were supposed to go to Almore, but I needed a word from the Lord. And, and here's what he said to me, because my, my, I was having a problem uh, disconnecting from my dad to move to Albemarle. Mm-hmm. And here's what the Lord said, because I felt like I needed to serve him and honor him. And I also felt like he could bless me. He could help me do what I needed to do because he's my dad, you know? And the Lord said this. He said, your inheritance is from the Lord. Your inheritance is from me. Yeah. Your inheritance, not from just your earthly dad. Your inheritance is from me. Now that that's that was a word specifically to me. That's not a word to everybody. Right. That was a word specifically to me. And well, find out later. Of course, that's scripture. That's what he told the Levites. It was specifically to that group, right? So that's not a word for everybody, but it was specifically to that group. And now it was a word for me. As soon as he said that, I felt the peace of God come in, and I knew I was not tied uh, to do everything God had called me to do in the destiny to follow my dad through that. He called me to do something different and separate from what my dad was 
doing. Now, had he said it the other way, you need to stick with your dad, I would have done it. That's yeah. easy for me. But I was having a hard time leaving and going somewhere because I wanted to honor him. And I felt like he would help me but through that honor and loyalty, help me get where I need to go. Yeah. The Lord said, no, your inheritance is from me. I didn't even, at that point, I didn't even know that was exactly scripture. It just came up in my spirit. Another time, uh, we'll talk about this some more later in the week, but I was talking to the Lord as a young pastor. I said, Lord, you got to help me with this. And he said, I want you to pay attention to the direction that people are going. Are they making progress towards me? Well, I didn't know Romans 8, 13, which says, if you're putting to death the deeds of the flesh, and the context is, that's good. Yeah. That's what that scripture's saying. They're moving forward towards God and denying the things of the flesh. They're taking steps towards him. It didn't say what pace. It just said, that's good if they're moving forward. Yeah. Well, that was scripture. And so the Holy Spirit, even though I didn't know it was scripture, he helped me Amen. in that moment. You are able and adequate as a minister of the gospel. When you are in the right place doing what God called you to do, you have every right to believe that God will bring you what you need and you don't have to worry about what you're not bringing to the table because right. he's bringing it all and that will release the stress, avoid burnout, and you will be the minister that God's called you to be. Amen. Amen. This is the realities of God. So today we talked about keeping that anointing fresh and flowing. Your first work is yourself. In him we live and move and have our being. Let the anointing solve the problem and you are able and adequate as a minister of the gospel. When you know this and put faith on this, you will avoid the burnout. These yeah. steps will help you avoid that burnout in that area of your life. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Did you receive something from that today? Did that help you to move forward and go in God? Stay in fellowship with him and you'll avoid that. Let me pray for you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, every weight and pressure be removed now in Jesus' name. Now hear this. As I pray that, that every weight and pressure be removed, you have to let go of it. Yeah. You can't just say amen, but then hold on to the weight and pressure by your own self. You got to say, yes, Lord, I release that weight and pressure. I'm not holding on to it. I'm not worrying about it. I release it now. So, Father, right now, every weight be broken and destroyed. Every pressure, loose your grip now in the name of Jesus. Lord, let the burnout become a thing of a long forgotten past, yes. never to resurface in the lives of anybody who's hearing this in Jesus' name. We praise you, we worship you, and we thank you, Lord, for it. Amen. Lord, let your strength Build and grow in every viewer, every listener. Yeah. Let your strength build and grow in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for it. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise. Amen. 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 Glory to God. We love you so very much. Listen, tomorrow we're going to talk about uh, how to avoid burnout in dealing with people. So you're going to want to hear that. We'll see you tomorrow at noon. We love you so very much. Here is Abigail to wrap it up. If you'd like to sow today, she's going to tell you about that. And she's going to pray that that will be blessed in every way. Here she is. We love you. And we'll see you tomorrow. 
Glory to God. Yes, if you have it on your heart, if the Lord's placed it on your heart to sow into this broadcast, to sow into this good soil, then we want to make it easy for you to do so, to be obedient. And we're going to pray over this harvest. We're praying that this seed is multiplied. It will come back quickly into your hands. There is a promise for the harvest sown in good soil. Are you ready? You can go, you can give at giveww.org. We have all the ways to give, Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, Text to Give, all those ways. You can also find them here at this QR code. And let's pray. We're connecting our faith with you and with your seed. So believe you're receiving this by faith. Lord, right now, every seed, thank you that it is blessed. It is being planted in good soil and must produce a harvest. It comes back quickly into their hands, multiplied, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. In Jesus' name, amen.